You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani coming to you after a win to open up the road trip up in Pittsburgh. The Braves prevailing with a 2-1 victory. It was a well-pitched game. Had to wait a little while to get it started thanks to the rain, but once the game started, the Braves did just enough offensively and got more than enough good pitching to pick up a win over the Pittsburgh Pirates in a place that has not necessarily been too kind to them over the past few years. We're going to tell you all about Jake Odorizzi's start as it was easily his best in a Braves uniform. That guy, Michael Harris, again, Money Mike. He was also involved in the run scoring on this day. You might not be shocked to know Vaughn Grissom was in that mix as well. And, of course, the Braves bullpen did some good work. We'll talk about all that, get you set up for Game 2, which will come your way on Tuesday. Before we get started with it, though, I do want to remind you, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube. Enable those alerts so you'll be notified every time we drop a new episode. And make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves for everything Jake has coming for you all season long. So, uh, Jake, we don't have to sit through a rain delay to get this postcast started, but we did have to wait around a little bit. But I would say that this win for the Braves on a number of different fronts was certainly worth the wait. Yeah, it was. I mean, look, anytime you win a game, it's worth the wait. But, uh, yeah, a little closer than you would think going up against the the Pirates. The offense maybe a little sluggish after the rain delay, had some trouble waking up. But, thankfully, those kids at the bottom of the order continue to get it done. And, like you said, a much-needed good start for Jake Odorizzi. Well, it certainly was. Jake Odorizzi was, I think, finding his best results in a Braves uniform, and it might have actually been the result of the last rain delay that he had to deal with, which popped up in his start against the New York Mets, where he gave up some early home runs, and then he was able to sit during the delay and kind of figure out a couple of things that mechanically may have helped him out in terms of how he is you know, bringing the ball to the plate, in terms of how he's delivering the ball, and all of those things. I think if you can find a little advantage or maybe get back to something that makes it just a little bit better than it was, or if you're able to work your way through something that's just not quite clicking for him, which might have been the case in his first handful of stars in Atlanta, you'll certainly take it, no matter what the conditions are and the circumstances or the weather for that matter. Let's talk about it, though. Game number 124 of the season is the first of the three games set in Pittsburgh. The Braves improved to 76-48, and 48, just two runs on four hits, no errors for Atlanta in this game. Pirates dropped to 47-75. and 75. It's like mirror images, these two teams. A run on five hits, no errors. All of the runs in this game scored on home runs. We'll talk about that in a moment. Jake Odorizzi, though, I think is the story here early. Five and five now on the season. First win in a Braves uniform. I thought he was really sharp today. Ronzi Contreras takes the loss, drops to three and four. He did not pitch a bad ball game either. Seven innings of two-run ball, tough luck loss for him. Kinley Jansen, the save is 29th, a one, two, three, ninth inning. That's always nice to see. Two hours and 40 minutes following the one-hour and two-minute rain delay. Crowd of 11,231 were on hand to see it. Uh, Let's talk about it with Jake Odorizzi here first. Six innings of one-run ball, Jake. Only four hits, no walks, seven strikeouts. Did allow a solo home run, but when you're pitching that well, you're keeping guys on base, you're attacking the strike zone, you're doing all the things you need to do for success. You can live with a solo home run. Yeah, for sure. Look, when you're not walking batters and he didn't walk anybody in this game, like you said, you can you can live with that. But I thought this was a great game. And look, it's the Pirates. They're they're a bottom five offense in baseball. I get that. But you still got to go out there and do it. And he got it done. And that's exactly what you want with your fifth starter going up against a team or an offense like the Pirates. I thought the biggest thing that I noticed in this game was 
his command of that four-seam fastball, which had a lot of arm side run on it, but he was consistently throwing it running up and away from left-handed hitters. You saw that at bat against Brian Riddles late in the game, a very good hitter, and Brian Reynolds, and that ball was just running away from his bat off the plate away. So to me, that was the biggest thing that I saw for Jake Odorizzi in this game. 13 swings and misses, 11 called strikes, seven punch outs, and just 82.8 mile per hour average exit velocity. Only four hard hit balls against him on 14 balls in play. So certainly some good work from him. You would love to see that obviously continue. But I think another thing, just big confidence for him. Obviously, he wants to come over, have a good showing with his new team. He hasn't had that yet. So hopefully this kind of gets his confidence going. We can see more outings like this from him. Yeah, and I know that's something he talked about after those first handful of starts is, look, I want to come over here and make a good impression. I don't want to come over here and be leaving in the fourth and fifth inning every single time I take the mound. That's not what I'm interested in, and that's not what they brought me over here for. So he's aware of that, and obviously the Pirates are not the 27 Yankees, or they're not the 2022 Yankees either for that matter, but he was able to carve up a major league lineup and using, what, half a dozen pitches, Jake? I mean, this is a guy that he's got quite a few things in that bag of tricks, but sometimes – I don't know. Maybe it's as much as anything, like you said, commanding a pitch, simplifying, and just being able to get ahead of hitters and attack the zone, which seemed to work out to great results today. Yeah, I mean, look, we've seen it with the other Braves pitchers going up against the Mets here lately. Look, they've feasted a lot this year on getting chases outside the zone, but you face a good team like the Mets, and they're not going to swing at those pitches, and you have to be able to trust your stuff and rely on your stuff in the zone, and I don't think – Odorizzi had done that his first couple of starts with the Braves, maybe trying to get too many strikeouts. But you saw tonight, not necessarily going for the punch out, but got seven of them. Mm -hmm. And I think it was just the consistency of that. And you talked about it, the mechanical adjustments he's made, being able to stay on those pitches longer. And and it looks like that been able to help him control those pitches better. So, uh, again, you know, I didn't I didn't see much difference velocity wise. I didn't see much difference pitch movement wise. It really was just location. You look at his spray chart on his four seam fastball from his four starts that he's had with the Braves. And you can see where he's going with that four seamer and just how effective it was. Yeah. And if you've been following us here on the Braves postcast all season long, well, number one, thank you. But number two, you know, we always start out talking about the starting pitching performance because it's typically one of the keys to success. I mean, that's a rule that's about as old as baseball is. And that was way back when guys used to throw all nine innings every single time. That may not be the case anymore, but the Braves are getting quality start after quality start here lately with Odorizzi going six innings and allowing just the one run. That's five consecutive games with a quality start for the Braves. And as much as they were trying to figure out, Jake, the patchwork of this rotation at times with you know needing to figure out who's going to be the fifth starter, then with the struggles of Ian Anderson, some struggles, of course, for Charlie Morton this year, and then the injuries here and there that have taken Max Fried and Kyle Wright out for a minute. And just, I mean, no clubs immune to it, obviously. Pretty nice little theme that the Braves have going here over the last you know five days to be getting those quality starts. And I'm sure Jake Odorizzi is happy to join that parade and throw his first quality start in a Braves uniform as well. Yeah, look, I, I mentioned this on the podcast on Monday. The Braves starting pitching this past week going up against two of the best teams in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. They gave up just 13 earned runs in 41 and two-thirds innings, 32 hits, nine walks, and 51 strikeouts. That's a 281 ERA and a 0.99 whip. And that's including Odorizzi's start where he gave up eight hits and five earned runs. So now you mix in Odorizzi's start that he had here on Monday into what the starting pitching did all of last week. And they have really got on a roll here. And you feel really great about the Braves rotation one through five. Yeah, it's a get-right performance for Jake Odorizzi, but just more of the same from the Braves starting rotation. Now, Jake, you mentioned that it was kind of a long night for the bats. Maybe they were having a little bit of trouble waking up after that one-hour and two-minute rain delay. And I know that when I'm having a little bit of trouble, 
waking up, well, I'm going to turn to Coffee AM, the official sponsor of the Braves postcast. You know it was coming. <laughs> Coffee AM is an Atlanta-based small batch coffee roaster. And if you go to coffeeam.com slash locked on today, you can get a full look at their menu, which includes coffees, teas, and gift sets, all kinds of great stuff. Coffeeam.com slash locked on. Use the coupon code locked on at checkout to get 15% off your first order. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. And if you'll pardon yet another pun, I know I've already used it in the last few days, but a very small batch of runs was brewed up by the Braves today. And it was those two guys again, the two 21-year-olds in the bottom half of the Braves lineup. Vaughn Grissom gets on. Michael Harris is second. Money Mike brings him home. Two-run homer to left field. Opposite field stroke. And I know that breaking balls had really started to become the way that pitchers were going after Michael Harris. Not only did he hit that home run on a curveball, he also walked twice in this game. So I thought if you were looking for that little answer of, you know, should we be concerned with Michael Harris? Has he been exposed? Is the book out? I'm not sure that there's going to be a book out over the course of Michael Harris's time in Atlanta that's going to have all the answers for getting this kid out as he was able to make a very quick adjustment. And that two-run homer was all the offense the Braves got. And fortunately, all they needed to win this game. Yeah, and look, I think it was about maybe before the home run. It might have been after. It was one of the walks he had, a 2-2 pitch. And Contreras, who had a really good breaking ball, threw one down and in. And that's the pitch that's been getting Michael Harris, is the breaking ball down and in, him swinging over the top of it. The ball he hit out, it stayed up and was out over the plate away a little bit. And just an impressive swing to sit back on that and drive it out the other way, as we've seen him do so many times this year. But it was the take on that 2-2 pitch to me that said, okay, he knows that's where pitchers are going to get him. And I thought that was just a great take, kind of seeing the maturity of him as he's look, he's still a young kid trying to make adjustments in the major leagues as well. The league has obviously started to adjust to him a little bit. So that's why it was so big for me to see him take that pitch. But for me, you just wonder where would this team be without Michael Harris and Vaughn Grissom? I mean, I'm not saying they wouldn't be a postseason team, but I definitely don't think they're still in a position to win the NL East right now. I mean, what those two guys have done and Michael Harris obviously being there much longer, uh, it's just really crazy to think where this Braves team might be without him. You know, I talked about this on one of my radio calls for 92.9 The Game earlier in this day. Yeah, when Michael Harris came up, the Braves really needed that jolt. I would say Vaughn Grissom coming along when he did. The Braves also kind of needed that jolt as well because, you know, they had just come out of losing four out of five to the Mets up at City Field. It was fair to wonder, okay, well, does the season hang in the balance the next time you see these guys? Because it's going to be a week from now. Little did we know Vaughn Grissom was going to show up in Boston and pretty much go on a rampage over the last couple of weeks that has made the bottom half of the Braves lineup very productive as if it wasn't already. We know the ninth spot has driven in, I believe, over 100 runs now this year, which is crazy to think about. But, uh, you know, bottom line is it is it's, it's one of those things with the Braves lineup where, you know, it's the sum of the parts that's going to make it as good as it can be. And they needed a couple of parts in particular some upgrades to be made in a couple places in those lineups. And I would say Vaughn Grissom is one. I would say Michael Harris is certainly one. It's been impressive to see what those two guys have done in concert with Ronald Acuna Jr. Here in the month of August, really figuring some things out. You've got Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley, and Matt Olson capable of being a great heart of the order. And now you're able to run this thing pretty much one through nine with a chance to do some damage. And I think the Braves offense has certainly shown that, even if this is a night where we're talking about a 2-1 win, it was the two runs they needed, a key home run, and a great job of opposite field hitting, which has been kind of a hallmark of what Michael Harris has been able to show. A couple of other things about this win for the Braves. It's a seven-game road win streak, and that gets them to 10 games over 500 away from Truist Park this year. The way that the early season went, you just felt like you know the Braves were going to have some trouble winning baseball games in general. They were really not having much fun 
on the road either. So this seven-game road winning streak is a nice thing to be on this time of year. And the Braves are now 19-11 and 11 in one-run games, Jake. That is the second-best mark in the National League and third-best in all of baseball behind the Mariners and the Padres in particular. I know we've talked an awful lot about series finales that haven't gone well, day games that haven't gone well for the Braves, but seeing that number and knowing that they're that good in one-run games, that's one of the things that good teams do. Yeah, and I talked about this on a podcast a while back, too, when the Braves' bullpen blew a save late. And the Braves play a lot of close games, and more often than not, I know we both talked about it, they come out on top of those, as you know, as you mentioned, with those stats and one-run games. This bullpen's very good, and I think you saw it tonight. You know, This is the plan. You get six innings, and you get Mentor, Iglesias, and Jansen to finish it off as they did tonight. You know, That's the recipe to win in these close ball games. And Look, uh, the Pirates, you know, not a very good team. We know that, but good teams beat those teams when they should. And, you know, the Braves were able to get it done, score just enough, have just enough pitching to get the job done, and that's what good teams do. They absolutely do. Speaking of a couple of good teams, they were going at it in the Subway Series up in New York. It was the Yankees beating the Mets at Yankee Stadium, 4-2 the final score. That means the Braves got back that game they lost on Sunday in the standings as the Astros beat the Braves in that finale. And the Mets won in comeback fashion over the Phillies. So now the Braves are, once again, three games back in the NLE standings. Aaron Judge, his 47th home run in that game as well. Atlanta will be looking to secure a series victory in Pittsburgh for the first time in a while. They have lost five of their last six series at PNC Park. Their last series win came in 2018. And the Braves will be sending Max Free to the mound to try to get that done. And we'll preview that game in a moment. Let me tell you, though, about betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. With reviews and news of every league, MLB, NFL, NBA, and NHL, as well as combat sports, esports, and golf, head to betonline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Braves will be starting up at PNC Park tomorrow night at 7.05 p.m. Eastern time. As I mentioned, Max Fried on the mound looking for win number 12. He's 11-4, JT Brubaker 3-10. And, and once again, as I mentioned, the records of these two teams kind of mirror one another in terms of, uh, I guess, being the polar opposite, the yin and the yang, if you will. That's also the case for these two pitchers. But Max Fried looked great in his return after the concussion IL stint, and I would expect that he'll be looking for more of the same when he takes the mound in Pittsburgh tomorrow. Yeah, certainly love to see that from Max Free. JT Brubaker, he's capable of going out and throwing a good game. His last time out against Boston, seven innings, six hits, two walks, uh, or two hits, no walks, no earned, and seven strikeouts and against a good Red Sox lineup, as we know. So, you know, capable of throwing a good, good game, but you got your ace on the mound. Your offense kind of been a little sluggish here in these last couple of games, going up against some really good pitching, obviously, with Scherzer, DeGrom, and what the Astros throw at you. But would love to see them get a big offensive performance, have a nice, easy win. Go ahead and take care of this series with your ace on the mound. Well, let's see if they can do that. It's Max Fried against J.D. Brubaker in Game 2 on Tuesday night at PNC Park. 7.05 p.m. Eastern time is the first pitch. That'll bring us to the end of this edition of the Braves Postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Braves wherever you get your podcast. Once again, good news from the ballpark. Braves start their road trip off with a victory. 2-1, to one, the final score over the Pittsburgh Pirates. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you after Game 2 on Tuesday night. And until then, so long, everyone.
Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 